All righty, welcome back to the program. Here we are. We are low-level flying on this Thursday afternoon. A big shout-out to our listeners up there in Queensland now. SENQ Brisbane, 6.93 a.m. You've joined the people, the good people, the bad people, and the otherwise, listening via SEN Sydney, 11.70 a.m. Of course, you download the SEN app. You listen anywhere at any time. We've still got that $100 cash up for grabs. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Get us on the text line zero four five seven seven three six seven three six hundred dollars cash up for grabs. Thanks to Tristan and the team at Top Sport. If you missed any of that first hour, Timmy Williams from SC Playbook. So wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, subscribe, leave a review. Do that. If it's a bad one, that's okay. That's fine. We'll take that. I can't imagine it being. Anyway, uh, Sydney Morning Herald, Adrian Prezenko very shortly. Uh, Sydney Kings, Alex Tui. And then we're going to get a sports update from the maestro. So he's going to squeeze himself into what is a very busy program. So without further ado, hello to you, Adrian Prezenko. And thank you for, well, how did you do, striding into <laughs> this big studio today. Yes, how are you, mate? Uh, thank you, Jimmy. This is my debut performance at this new studio. Yes. It's, it's a beauty, isn't it? What are you, it's fantastic. Like, I mean, we're, we're here we are standing up, mm. but um, it's spacious. Yes. It's got the screens. It's got the cameras. It's got the TVs we're looking at, a replay of yes. last night. We've got uh, Fox Sports News. We've got the text line flying over there, World Surf League. You couldn't ask for anything more except... It's- it's less intimate than the previous studios. And given <laughs> yes. some of the company that I kept there, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> a lot less intimate. One thing it doesn't have is, though is a tax-free status. Yes. So yes. <laughs> you wrote the article today in the city. <laughs> Talk me through this one. Yes. Always looking for a tax haven, Jimmy. Um, <laughs> Bermuda so, no good? No, Bermuda's no good okay. for me. Um, so I was at Rugby League Central yesterday yes. uh, when they unveiled their financial report. Um, yeah. And there was a briefing from Andrew Abdo and from Peter Volandis. And Peter obviously spoke to the figures and he called them a beautiful set of numbers, as we know. He was uh, channeling uh, Paul Keating. He was, I think that was in 1990. Just He was still treasurer at the time. I think it was a year before he came to the prime ministership. So right. he was waxing lyrical about that. And in the room were a couple of his media advisors. And he said, oh, I haven't shared this with them, so they might have a heart attack. But one of the things I'm looking at doing is exploring the prospect of the PNG franchise mm. being based in PNG rather than the initial plan that was to be in northern Queensland, i.e. Cairns or, or some yes. such. Yes. So he said that I've spoke, you know, I've heard people talk about this. I've listened to people. Um, he named an unknown coach who I suspect I know who that is. Are he you said, prepared to go on the record with that suspicion? <laughs> no, not at this point, Jimmy. Okay. I think there was also, he said, Justin Ollum has been quite strong in talking about that. Right. Um, and this whole idea of a PNG team being based in PNG for the people representing them. Of course. Um, and that obviously, there's some logistical challenges in that. And not one of them is, of course, attracting coaches, players, staff, etc. Yep. And he said, um, what I'd like to do is look at the prospect of those staffers living and working there and enjoying tax-free status. Wow. Yes, and his media advisor almost did have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> is that Misha Zelinsky who's in there now? That's, yes, yes. Uh, Misha was there. Yes. Um, so he, he might be putting out a few spot fires this morning. But okay, so you, how likely – like if we're looking – I went through the numbers and Nathan Cleary's going to save a fortune yes. if he went up there. And Wayne Bennett, 
would save, if he was on $1.5 million, $645,667 in tax, and he'd still get his pensioner's bus card up there too. There you go. Yep. Well, he, he talks about his personal experiences and obviously with racing and Hong Kong where yep. they have a particularly low tax Singapore. rate. Singapore. Is Singapore, it? 15%. 15%. Well, yep. there you go. That's yep. 15 cents in the dollar. So That's why a lot of headqu- lot of big companies for the Pacific are headquartered yep. in Singapore. Yep. Very low tax rate. Well, makes sense. Yep. So, so you do a stint over there for three or four years and you can load up and you're halfway to retirement. They were keeping Sydney property prices buoyant when they were returning during the pandemic. There you go. All those people who made a heap of money over in uh, well, Hong Kong and Singapore. Well, thank you for raising our property prices. <laughs> <laughs> Another inflationary pressure. Only if you're selling. <laughs> if you're buying, it's, it's a bit of an issue. Okay. Yep. So likelihood of this? I don't know, Jimmy. Mm. I mean, he's going to ask the question. I mean, people ask, you know, what's the likelihood of us going to Vegas or coming back on March 28 or a race called the Everest and the list goes on and every time you shake your head and just go, that is never going to happen and it's inevitably happened. You know what I reckon's played out? P&G hold all the aces when it comes to this negotiation, right? As as George Costanza would say, they have hand. Yes. And they would have said, no, Kent's doesn't work for us. We need Port Moresby. Yep. So Port Moresby, they say, well, you've got to come here. And then you have to find another way around that issue. Yep. Uh, and, and and the other thing, we've had a number of listeners say, give me Perth. Mm. Give me South Island. Don't, not Port Moresby. But where else do you get $60 million from the Australian government every year? Well, you've got the government investment from Australia, yep. from the PNG government. Then there's all of the multinationals that are you know, prolific in that area. You have yes. Exxon, you know, the minerals and resources companies uh, in particular. But again, the other <laughs> the other thing is, because you're, like, Jimmy, you talk about Perth, you talk about country, you talk about PNG, um, you know, a second New Zealand team. It doesn't matter. Can we can we combine them all into one conglomerate and call them the Bears and be done with it? <laughs> would that just would that please everyone? I think the average. Just when you bring up that and you yeah. talk about, let's look at it through a different lens. We're talking yep. about it through the rugby league lens. Let's look about all the natural resources of Papua New Guinea being returned to the people of Papua New Guinea. Right. I think the average wage for a New Guinean, Papua New Guinean, is a dollar fifty USD mm. weekly wage. But anyway, that's a completely separate issue. Yep. Uh, beautiful set of numbers. I, I was amazed. Um, a, a company or a business that is 116 years of age, so very mature business, increases 18%. I know it's a new TV yes. deal and it's the first year of that, but whichever way you look at it, you, you've got to be impressed by the numbers, especially the television audience that was announced yesterday. Yeah, well, the numbers firstly, 58.1 million surplus, revenue of in excess of 700 million, and Volandi's hopes that... If this Vegas venture is the cash cow that he that he wants it to be, that in years to come that'll soon break the billion dollar mark. And the other beautiful set of figures that you speak of, Jimmy, yes. is that, and we're, we're excluding streaming, which can be at times hard to quantify. Very. If we're talking about pay per view numbers and free to air numbers, the NRL is claiming victory over the AFL, which is quite extraordinary. They they say that we have more eyeballs in our sport, and that's the way they're marketing themselves. To America, it's where Australia's number one sport. Yeah. And, well, the AFL would come out and say, well, hang on, we generate more revenue per annum. So that yep. might make us number one. But most people watching on TV, that's a pretty good metric to take in your back pocket over there. Absolutely. And in terms of the – it's almost parity in terms of the number of games. I think the AFL have got maybe three or four more in the men's competition. Right. But with the women's, there's significantly more 
uh, AFLW games, yes. and yet the viewership is still higher in NRLW. Yeah, yeah. NRLW is a uh, fantastic little gem that they should continue to well, water. Well, in, in regards to that, Jimmy, uh, Nick Politis has hatched the idea. He's been in Peter Volandi's ear and said, that's the other big opportunity in America. Take the women's game there as soon as possible. Funny you mention that because uh, Brett sent a text message and we're talking about, uh, actually, I might get a sport from you, what you think was good or bad. Hey, Jimmy, do you think that Lingerie Football League <laughs> was a flop or a success? Now, Brett, it's a really interesting point because... Of course, it's unacceptable now, but if you actually played that footy with women now in the US, is there an appetite for it given the explosion in all other women's sports around the globe? Forgetting the lingerie issue. Is Forget the lingerie. Saying. Just play them in yeah. normal. Ha, when did, has that, that folded some time ago? Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. seven or eight years ago. There was okay. an Aussie girl played in it. She used to be. She was, she was Canberra, Canberra Raiders. Raiders. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yep. Can't think of her name. Yep. Um, but absolutely. Yep. There's 50% of your market yep. all of a sudden more interested. Biggest growth area of the game. Totally. Totally. Which uh, growth area is really interesting. Hey, Adam Reynolds looks like he's done the deal. He's going to extend 2025. Not sure. They say he's taken a little uh, price hit, a one-year extension. He'll be 34 years of age in July. But then the talk is, oh, well, he's stick around and have a job at the Broncos. <laughs> it's like, hey, hang on a minute. Well, uh, how does that work? With the salary, not cap? sure if the salary cap auditor would uh, approve of that. But look, I think that he's obviously indicating an interest to stay in football post football. The other interesting thing, having just signed a new deal, is that South Sydney, of course, balked at re-signing Reynolds on a long-term deal because yes. of his apparent fitness or health issues, and yes. he continues to kick on. And I think his manager also used it as a little bit of a backhander at South, just to say, well. A lot of those things that were coming out about his supposed ailments were not on the money. Okay. Uh, Steve Gillis, a long-time manager, said all the talk about Adam's body at South was rumour and innuendo. Some people tried to discredit him, but Adam knows what he is capable Here's the other way that I would look at it too. So I would suggest to someone like Adam Reynolds, when you leave a club like that, it's – there's a level of disappointment associated with that, right? Yep. He grew up around the corner from Redfern Oval. He wanted to, he won a premiership with them. He wanted to continue to play there. What did he wanted two years? They only wanted to give him one. He yep. ended up getting three at the Broncos, and that makes you change your ways too. Mm. If you if someone tells you, "Hey, mate, your preparation, your you know physical preparation, not quite good enough." Well, when you go to the next club, you're going to make sure your physical preparation's good. Well, hopefully it's a win for all parties. That move did put a lot of pressure on Lachlan Elias. And, you know, there are still question marks as to whether or not he's the guy to lead South Sydney to a title. And they've got a stacked team. Like, they should go very close this year, despite the fact that they bombed out last year. Yep. Um, and I believe that if everyone around him does their job, that he, he could well be that person. Well, the other thing about Lachlan Elias, you have to ask yourself, is halfback his best position? Mm. you might make it number nine. And is he the best halfback in the club? Because mm. you could almost say, well, Cody Walker, you play seven. Jack Wyden, six. Jack Wyden, six. Latrell Mitchell, six. It, well, these are these are good problems to have. So, true. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, that's, you can lose a guy like Campbell Graham, and then you can be gaining a centre like Jack Wyden. Like it's, it's not bad, is it? It's not bad. Uh, and he'll be back halfway through the year too, yes. Campbell Graham. We think we're really excited about what we've got here in the studio, right? <laughs> 
But it's not the happiest place on earth. <laughs> the happiest place on earth is Disneyland. Yes. Adrian, and you have some breaking news around Disneyland for us. Well, my our correspondent for the, the Herald, who's on the ground, um, our Disneyland correspondent, yes. is uh, is Michael Shamus. And right. he just did a story saying that um, you know, some of the South players would like to avail themselves of the opportunity of, of going to Disneyland. Right. And we know that you know there's so much... GPS and sports science and data that goes into training loads and the like. Now, get a load of this, Jimmy. Yes. They're concerned that if Damien Cook, for instance, goes over there. Beach sprinter. The beach sprinter goes and he's on all of the rides and he's there with his family and with his barb and takes them on stuff, that he might overexert himself. Because it could be as much many as 20,000 steps when you're you know, going from amusement totally. ride to a, the other. So what they're saying is that we want him in a mobility scooter to help him get around and make sure oh, this is good. that he doesn't overburden himself and burn out too early in Vegas. So if you see huge people <laughs> getting around Disneyland, the happiest place on earth, mm. and they look familiar, yes, it could well be that... You know, I've been to Disneyland. They shut it... So we usually stay there till 10 o'clock, right, just to get all the rides. But they shut it early because there was a big corporate function. So we had to get in the rides as, as many yep. as we could early. It's a tough day on the yeah. league. And and the other thing, when we were playing footy back in the day, Shawnee Garlic used to always talk about going to the Easter show. So you had to be really careful about how you timed it. Like if you were playing on Sunday and went to the Easter show on Friday, you'd end up with what Sean would describe as Easter show legs uh, on the Saturday. And then you're flat for the game on Sunday. I actually you, see where they're coming Jimmy, from. This is a, a game where people complain about the Wanda <laughs> Beach sprints and all of that sort of stuff. <laughs> But the funny thing is, like, people will be taking photos and going, look, random South guy, that yeah. guy in a mobility scooter. No, that's Damien Cook. He's one of the players. Random South guy. Yeah. All right. We love that. Now, what's happening? You wrote earlier this week, Ethan Sanders mm. sort of stuck between a good place and going to the Canberra Raiders, which he would yeah. argue is a good place because he might play some NRL. It's fascinating in that there's this change that's happened to the contracting system and it affects developing players, those who haven't played five New South Wales Cup games. And Ethan Sanders is a guy who is too valuable for Parramatta to let go early, but not valuable enough to extend, given right. that he's behind Mitch Moses and Dylan Brown. Yep. Canberra would love him right now. Like they have a bit of a halves crisis. They don't, I'm not quite sure who's going to be um, alongside Jamal Fogarty, possibly yep. Kyo Weeks, Kyo Weeks. what we yep. saw yep. on the weekend. So he's a guy who's playing for Parramatta against his potential suitor, but Canberra can't make a play for him until round six. And we're talking about a guy who was the New South Wales under-19s half at state of origin level. Did so. you watch him in that game? He, I'm going to go or, way out on a limb. Or pretty ordinary uh, at times. At, you know, I, you thought you, he was ordinary? Yeah. I, look, I thought that they went to him early and then what, my watching of the game, they didn't go there very often. They went the other way. Um, and he had a couple of kicks. that There was one that didn't fly in touch and one that went out on the full. But the point is, he he can't play, Jimmy. There was he, I thought he was Lockyer esque, not in the manner that he played, but his kicking game. Yeah, his kicking game was very drop punt, drop mm. punt. I don't know whether he's got an AFL background or not, but um, that's can, what can play, Jimmy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, a very good player. Uh, now, can you clear up for us because we were a little perplexed yesterday, and this is the problem with the lack of transparency around what people get paid and all that. What is Luciano Lua? Getting at the Dragons. What did he get this year? What did the Cowboys have to pay him for this season? What's he going to get the two after that? Because uh, I would best describe the reports as mixed, mm. Adrian. 
So the number that I heard was two point five million over three years. Two point five. Yes. Right. So how is that? How much of that that have the Cowboys paid? Well, they would have paid what four months. Four months. Yeah. Yep. yep. Four months of what seven hundred? We think he's on seven hundred this year. Mm. Okay. So I heard two point seven. I also heard two point three reported. So somewhere in there, Adrian. I, t- I reckon my figures about in the middle there. I reckon that's that's pretty okay. close. And to you the would mark. Have, you would have spoken to numerous people about Correct. that. So, yeah, okay. I think that's that's pretty close to the mark. Is that it? That sounds expensive for Luciano for me. Well, have a look at what what's on the market and what the Dragons have been able to buy. True. And look, if they weren't bidding against themselves. Canberra were interested, and that's been, I guess, a little bit complicated by the Corey Harawuda Nida situation in that. I think he's very keen to return. I think Canberra, up until this point, have been erring on the side of caution, understandably. Yes. yes. Um, I think there's still a little bit of a, a cloud about him. That, like the initial well, prognosis we, has been. We had it today. He's he's got a defibrillator yes. under his arm, and he's just been able to increase training loads. Yes. But the thought of playing in 20, surely the Canberra Raiders deserve salary cap dispensation. Mm. For Corey Hadaway tonight. Yep. And I think it's a similar situation to Cody Ramsey at the Dragons yep. as well. And I believe that they've had some salary cap relief, um, but I'm not sure to what extent. Okay. When do you head over? Sunday. Oh, wow. Are you mm. When you get on the plane, are you left or right? I'm going to be wherever I'm stationed. <laughs> that sounds very good. You, and I'm sure it won't left. be long before you see me in a mobility scooter around Vegas. Look at that. I just got a text message from the ATO. I think they're listening. <laughs> I think they're listening. Well, that's one of those tax havens has <laughs> caught up with you finally. Cordor. Who knew Cordor was a tax haven? <laughs> uh, Jim, with Alfie running the Broncos sponge, Renault will do the wrestling in 25. That's from Mark. Well, actually, it'll be 26, Mark. So thank you for that. And... Uh, boys, why did you bring up the wages of PNG? My apprentice just asked for a pay rise. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dunny. That's very good. Thank you, Dunny. Uh, all right, so you're out on. Are you taking in any boxing while you're over there? I know that Tim Zoo will be in and around Vegas during NRL week. Right. Um, I don't think I'll be tacking on an extended stay because he's obviously not fighting till the very end of the month. Right. Um, but I hope to catch up with him while I'm over there. Okay. Who is there? Have you been assigned a team to follow or just well, overall? I'm going to be in Vegas proper for, for pretty much all of my stay, whereas some of the other ones have been right. you know, in different training camps. So I'll be manly for predominantly. Okay. And then everyone else as the week progresses will roll into Resorts World. Okay. We can't wait to see it. It's going to be fantastic. We're going to follow it all on the Sydney Morning Herald. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. Thank I hope you. you enjoyed the new digs. Love it. Thanks, Jimmy. All right, break, and then we're back with some Chloe Butler. Thank you. Yes, Chloe Butler was the Aussie girl who played in the Lingerie Football League. Someone said it was renamed. Uh, No, I've lost it. Anyway, uh, we'll take a break. We'll be back.